Krishna. Well, here we are for our Sunday Bhagavatam class, and we're going to um, we're going to begin where we left off in the first canto of the Bhagavatam. This is the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, first canto, chapter one, text twelve. So first the invocation. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So again beginning with Srimad Bhagavatam uh, first canto first chapter verse number 12 and this of course as presented by Srila Prabhupada so 1112 is Sutta Janasi Bhadramte Bhagavan Satvatam Patihi Devakyam Vasudevasya Jato Jasya Chikirsya which means Sutta you know the word jnanam means knowledge. And here's the verb sutta, O sutta, addressing him. Janasi, you know. Uh, and bhadramte, which in Sanskrit means something like bless you. Bhadram means the good, the auspicious, and te unto you. So bless you, sutta, you know. Bhagavan. The Lord, Satvatam Patihi, the Lord of the Yadus, the Satvatas, or the Lord of the devotees. So the Lord, who is the master of the devotees, Devakyam, and this is in Sanskrit when uh, genealogy is being described that so and so is the son or daughter of this mother and that father. Grammatically, it's always said that the Lord Jata was born Devakyam within Devaki, in other words, in, in, from Devaki's womb, Vasudevasya and of Vasudev. So anyway, so grammatically, that's the typical way it's said, born in this mother of that father. So you know Jasya Chikirshya. Uh, Chikirshya means intention, literally with a desire to do something. So in Sanskrit, there are different words that mean an action, like kara and so on, karanam. And so here, uh, chikirsha in Sanskrit means the desire or the intention to do something. And so the sages are saying that you bless you because you know why the Lord took birth, the Lord of the devotees, the master of the devotees, why he took birth from Devaki and Vasudev what he wanted to do, what his intention was, and bless you because you know that. So this is what the sages want to hear. Why did Krishna come to this world? And remember, in those days, you couldn't just pick up your BBT Bhagavad Gita and, and find out why Krishna came. Uh, this is, this is uh, in the aftermath of Krishna's appearance, and everyone is still trying to understand what actually happened. They know that the Lord, that God came to this world and that there were great battles, that millions of 
demons were killed and 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 some devotees were were also slain and so there were there was all this uh these political events and wars and amazing stories were going around everywhere by word of mouth about just like we would tell Prabhupada stories so there were krishna stories or, or there was you know there's all the Prabhupada said this and Prabhupada said that and then what did Prabhupada really say which is by the way a process that goes on after every great teacher comes uh you know what did he really say this happened after jesus it happened after muhammad it happened after Prabhupada, and it happened after krishna so we are looking into this historical period right after krishna left this world in which uh just like in the chaitanya charitamrita where at, at one point um Krishnadas Kaviraj says that there are different opinions about what Lord Chaitanya really taught, or there are different opinions about who Lord Chaitanya really is. And so one of the important purposes of Krishnadas Kaviraj in, in composing the Chaitanya Charitamrita is to sort all this out and say, look, uh, this is who Lord Chaitanya is, and, and some people think he was that, but he's not. Some people accept Lord Chaitanya, but they don't accept Nityananda. Some people accept Nityananda, but not Chaitanya. So so Krishna's Kaviraj is very clearly and explicitly clean up what is sort of a confusion or a bit of a mess for some people. Obviously, the great devotees knew all these things, but for a lot of people, perhaps for most people, it was still very confusing what actually happened and who actually came to this world and walked among us and which one was actually God. Was it Advaita? Was it Nityananda? Was it Mahaprabhu? There are different opinions. So just as Krishna's Kaviraj is clearing all that up. So here we have a directly analogous situation that in the near aftermath, just after Lord, Lord Krishna left this world, you know, it, it hasn't been that much time and people, you know, they don't have uh, radios and they don't have telephones and digital media and uh, they don't text each other and there are no tape recordings digital recordings, there's no videos, they can't go to YouTube, and well, this is what Krishna really said. So in that ancient world, in that ancient world where all communication is going on by word of mouth, as I've said many times, if you look at the Bhagavatam, you will not find a single verse in the Bhagavatam where anyone writes anything. You know, you write something down, it doesn't exist in the Bhagavatam. It doesn't exist in the Mahabharata. Uh, the story of Ganesh writing down what the as dictated is actually not found in uh, almost all the Mahabharata editions. So, so in this very brilliant, brilliant society, but basically an oral society, people speak to each other. And so the sages want to clear everything up for our sake, for posterity, for future generations. There, who was Krishna really? What did he really do? Why did he come to this world? So these are the types of questions they're asking in the beginning of the Bhagavatam to clear everything up. Sutta, Janasi, Sutta, you know. You actually know these things. Bhadram uh, Te, bless you. Bhagavan Satvatang Pati, the Lord, the master of the devotees. Uh, why he took birth from Devaki and Vasudev? What did he want to do? What was his purpose? What was his intention? Why did he come to our planet? So that's their question.
The next verse is Tanakshushu Shamananam Arhasyanganu Varnitam Yasyavataro Bhutanam Shemayacha Bhavayacha. So, just as in a previous few verses back, they said, Guravo Guhyamapijuta, that teachers, gurus, it is proper, they should explain advanced knowledge to devoted disciples. And now they're saying, of course, they're referring to themselves. Now they're saying again that we want to hear this. In other words, they're, they keep telling Sutta that you have to tell us this. We are appropriate listeners. We are serious about this. We are devoted to the subject matter. We really want to hear this, please. So again and again, they are telling him, you know, that's what we want to hear about. We don't want to hear about other things. So just as we had the word, the desiderative uh, noun, Chakirsiya, uh, with what, what did Krishna want to do when he came here? They use now another form like that and say, uh, we want to hear. Shuti is hearing. This is Shushu Shamananam. All of us really want to hear this. And therefore, it is proper. It is fitting. It is the right thing that you, dear Sutta, tell this to us. And Anuvarni Doom, they say. Varna, of course, as you know, it can mean uh, the, the uh, vocational orders in society. Varna also means color, as in, for example, Krishna Varnam Tusha Krishnam Sangopangastra Parsidam Yagyaya Sankirtana Prayari Janti Sumedasa. The verse in the Bhagavatam that describes Lord Chaitanya's coming that uh, uh, Krishna Varnam Tusha Krishnam. Uh, there the word Varna means color. So, um, so, so just as it means color, so the verb varnitum, the infinitive, that, that's the infinitive, the verb can mean to describe things colorfully, to like fill in all the shades of something. So uh, varna can also mean describing. And so anu, anu is to follow, anu is to follow. So anu varnitum means they want the authoritative description. Anu varnitum means... Um, to describe following, in this case, the previous authorities. It can also mean to describe things in a logical order, anuvarnitum. They want a clear uh, description in, in, a, in a logical order. So, but it's a common verb, anuvarnitum. So uh, we want to hear, Sutta, and it's the right thing that you explain all this to us. Jasyavataro bhutanam chimaya because Krishna's descent, Krishna's avatara, was for the well-being, for the prospering of all living beings. So how are they going to prosper? How are they going to achieve that well-being unless you explain to us? So these are very uh, interesting verses they're speaking. Obviously, the speakers themselves, are, uh, I'm sorry, the, the audience, headed by Shonika, who's brilliant, by the way, if you look in the Bhagavatam at the verses spoke by Shonaka himself, who's probably speaking here on behalf of the sages, he himself is a, is a brilliant speaker. So then they say, that now the sages will explain why it's so urgent to explain these things. Apanak sangsitin ghorang 
Yanama Viva Shogranan Tataksadyo Vimucheta Jadbiveti Swayam Payam. Which means that a person who is sort of trapped or suffering in Sangsitin Kodam. Sangsiti is just another way of saying samsara, material existence, the cycle of birth and death. Uh, Sangsiti is just, it's the same word, just formed a different way. And Korang means horrible, awful, frightening. So trapped or suffering in this terrible cycle of birth and death. And of course, you only know how terrible it really is if you have a vision of liberated life, then you understand how really terrible this world is. Comparison shopping. Janama Bibashogranan, one who uh, chanting or taking the Lord's name, Viva Sha, which means sort of like involuntarily, like in the, of course the example is a jamila crying out. From that, tataha. Sadyo at once, vimucheta, one may be or can be freed. It doesn't say in all cases, but in certain cases, uh, it's, I mean, one example, of course, Jamila, Jamila had been a devotee, he'd been a, a very serious devotee and, and uh, really dedicated to Krishna. Then he, he fell down, we used to say blooped, he fell down, he became uh, very degraded, but then crying out his son's name, Narayan, he was brought back to his consciousness. So that's what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, that neha uh, there's no loss or diminution in this process. So it's possible that one can be liberated. Tataksadyovimucheta, uh, vimuchete in Sanskrit would simply mean one is liberated. Vimucheta means one can be liberated. So, because jadvi bheti swayam bhayam, because fear himself or fear personified fears the Lord. In other words, for example, you may have a protector, but then what if someone else comes who has a bigger gun than your protector? What if someone comes who's stronger than your protector? So, therefore, it's said here that fear personified fears the Lord. So if Krishna offers you protection, no one can threaten you or harm you. But still, the holy name is very powerful. It's very, very powerful. And one may at first, vivasha, vasha means control. So vivasha means without control. In other words, you do something beyond your control. I mean, another example of that is in Vrindavan, when, when demons attacked Vrindavan and the residents there who were pure devotees of Krishna just cried out his name. Uh, they didn't, it wasn't like a plan. Okay, they met and let's chant Hare Krishna here. They just cried out, Krishna, Krishna. So, and then people, ordinary people that call out the name Krishna because the name Krishna is attractive. If they have sufficient background and they, become attracted to that name, then they will be liberated. So the next verse is, Jatpada samshayasuta munaya prashamayana sadyak punantyupas prashta swardhunyapo nusevaya. So 
the sages here give another example of how people can become Krishna conscious if they're just given the right situation. So here Sutta says, Jatpada Sangshaya Sutta, O Sutta, those who have fully taken shelter of the Lord's feet, Yatpada, whose feet, the Lord's feet, Sangshaya means really taking shelter, seriously taking shelter, O Sutta, Muniyat, those sages, Prashamayanaha, who are themselves on the path of complete peace and tranquility, Prashamayanaha, uh, or the path of devotion, because it's the same path. Sadya, again, they use the word sadya, which means at once, immediately. Punanti upasprashta, they at once purify upasprashta, uh, literally when they are contacted. Sprish in Sanskrit means touch, and sprishta means touched or contacted, and upasprishta, upa means near. And so upasprishta, when, when people come into close contact with them, in other words, doesn't mean you bump into them on, on, you know, in, on a subway in Manhattan or something, that kind of touch. It means people really come into close contact with them. Uh, example, of course, is, is young Narada Muni, when those great sages came at, at Narada heard from them. So if someone, really comes into close contact with those sages uh, who have completely taken shelter of the Lord's feet, then those sages purify, punanti. They purify at once, whereas Swardunyapo, the water of the Ganges, the Ganges is also called Swarduni, it sort of it, it travels through heaven. So Apo's water, so the, the, the Ganges water purifies anu sevaya. Seva means service. And so the word seva can also mean uh, serving someone in the sense of associating with them or taking advantage of them. Not exploiting them, but I mean taking advantage of their association, seva. And here again, anu, following. So anu seva means following in the sense of repeatedly, like one one service after the other, or one association after the other, continuously. So the contrast here is that bathing in the Ganges, one has to do it repeatedly, seriously, to be purified, whereas the great sages purify at once. Sadhya punanti. Of course, that also depends on uh, one properly associating, because as we know, many, many people even came to speak to Prabhupada or, and, or hear his lectures and did not immediately become purified and develop devotional symptoms. So again, uh, these things are possible for a very fortunate person who, who does the right thing. But they're saying how powerful sages are, even more powerful than bathing in the Ganges. And now, it's interesting because at this point, if you look at the Sanskrit closely, you can see how the sages are becoming ecstatic because this is Krishna Kata. They're glorifying Krishna, they're glorifying Krishna's devotees, glorifying the holy name of Krishna, and now they're asking this rhetorical question, Kova, who indeed, who indeed, Kova, Bhagavas tasya punya shlokeja karmana kshuti kamo na shinu jat, jasha kali malapaham. 
So who indeed, who wants to be, who wants purification? It's like, for example, let's say someone is physically sick and they're suffering from some disease. And so it's like saying, who would not want to get better? Who would not want to find a remedy to be free of their disease? It's a rhetorical question. Obviously, anyone who, who has any common sense, anyone who's intelligent, wants to be free of their suffering. And that's the question the sages are asking. Kova, who indeed, who indeed that is shuddhikamo, that desires to be purified, to be relieved of, of all their disease, of material existence, uh, would not listen to the glories, jesha, just like Krishna's mother, jeshoda, means the one who gives uh, fame. But anyway, jesha means fame or glory. Who indeed would not listen to the glories of, of Bhagavatas, of the Lord, the Lord whose actions are punya shlokedya, whose actions are worshipable with holy verses. Punya means pure, also means holy. So punya shloka means holy verses. And idya uh, means worshipped or worshipable. Karmana. The Lord whose actions are worshipable in holy verses. In other words, Vaishnav Shastras. And uh, those glories, those glories, Kalimalapaham, uh, literally drive away or destroy the, uh, the contam contamination of Kali. So mala means contamination, like the Bhagavatam is called Amala Purana, the, the spotless or the, uh, the Purana free of contamination. So mala means dirt, contamination, infection. And so we have this disease of Kali and, and we're suffering from, from this Kali disease. And yet the glories of the, of the Lord whose actions are worshipable in holy verses, those glories destroy the contamination of Kali. All of our problems, I mean, why do we suffer? Because we have material bodies, uh, because we still want to enjoy our bodies, we still identify with our bodies due to lust and greed and all these wonderful qualities. And so the suffering is not, we're not suffering, the suffering is in the material body and mind and because we identify with them, we are embracing misery. We are embracing misery by embracing a miserable material machine. And if we identify with our true soul and identify with Krishna of whom we are part, then even though the body is troublesome, it doesn't bother us and we use the body as a valuable instrument to make spiritual progress. So the body is miserable only if you identify with it, not if you use it properly. For example, fire is very useful to heat your house, uh, to cook, but if you embrace the fire, <laughs> you will have a very miserable death. 
So same thing, there are many things. A knife is useful to cut food, to perform life-saving surgery, uh, to do construction work. I mean, many positive, uh, important things can be done with a knife. But if you embrace the knife in the wrong way, you kill yourself or you mutilate yourself. So it's not a question of hating the body. What we're speaking against is not the body, but uh, trying to exploit the body, becoming attached to the body in an inappropriate way. So if so, therefore, again, the rhetorical question here, Kova, who indeed? Uh, that wants to be purified of all this suffering would not listen to the glories of the Lord whose actions are worshipable in holy verses, the Lord whose glories destroy all the contamination of Kali. Great verse, as you can see. Maybe we'll do one more here. Tasya karman yudarani, parigitani surivi, bruhi bhadra, bruhi nakshadhananam, lilaya dadatak kala. So, uh, just one second here. I just wanted to, uh, in the Sanskrit dictionary, one verse. I wanted to give you uh, some of the translations of this verse. So the verse says, Tasya Karmani, his activities. Because that's what the sages, they want to hear about Krishna. Because again, Krishna just came to this world and, and he left not so long ago. And again, it's not that, you know, all, all Krishna Leela is on YouTube. It's not that, you know, he, his people were filming. It's not that there were, it, this is all word of mouth. And, and so the sages are gathering together here all of the bona fide pastimes of Krishna. So they say, Tasya Karamani, his actions, Udharani, are Udara. So what does Udara mean? They're saying Krishna's actions are Udara. So Udara can mean in Sanskrit, the great, they're the greatest, they're the best, they are noble, illustrious, generous, because Krishna did these things to help us. Upright, honest, liberal, in the old sense of the term, meaning generous, gentle, munificent, sincere, proper, right, correct. So exciting, active, energetic. That's all the word Udara. So they're saying Krishna's actions have all these qualities, great, best, noble, illustrious, generous, upright, honest, liberal, gentle, munificent, sincere, proper, correct. So, uh, great actions by Krishna. So, Tasya, his. Tasya Karman Udharani, his actions are Udhara, which I've just translated. And Parigitani Suribi, and they are sung, they are, they are chanted, they are sung by uh, saintly people by good, pious people. Uh, Gitani Gita means sung, as you know, and Gita means song. And so, Pari, Pari means around, all around. We have that in English still, Peri, same word, Pari, Peri, uh, as in perimeter, for example, uh, Pari meter, Sanskrit, uh, uh, perimeter in Sanskrit is just Pari Matra. 
perimeter, the perimeter. In other words, the, uh, the measurement around something or periscope. So peri, uh, peri means around. So it's used in Sanskrit as a prefix to mean thorough or in depth. In other words, you go all around, you, it, it's complete, it's thorough. It's all points all around. So here, Parigita, not simply Gita sung, but Parigita can mean that Krishna's pastimes uh, are uh, sung or recited uh, everywhere, or it can mean uh, completely, people want to hear all about Krishna. In English, we would say all about something. So they, they, they recite all about Krishna. So Tasya Karmani Udharani, his pastimes are, are great as we describe. And Parigitani, they are people uh, and wise people, the learned, the sages, are recite them, all about them. And so therefore, Bruhina, tell us, because we are putting our hearts in this. The word Shadha, often translated faith, as I've explained many times, literally means to really put your heart into something, really put your trust into something. Here we have the verse, I'm sorry, the verb. The verb, uh, anyway, I won't go into all the technical grammar, uh, present uh, participle in the uh, genitive case plural. So, means that we are really putting our faith in this. We're putting our hearts into this. So tell us, tell us about the Lord who assumed so many incarnations and so many forms as his own pastime, by his own free will, as his own pastime, the Lord who assumed many forms. Tell us, so they want to hear all about Krishna because of course, Krishna just came to this world, did things, but Krishna has come to this world at other times. He's gone to other worlds. We want to hear all about Krishna. We want to really understand him, his pastimes, the worlds he goes to. And the sages, again, it's sort of like a, a polite suggestion to Sutta, because Sutta, they've already said, you are a very wise person, very learned, and wise people tell, recite, all about these things. So therefore, this is absolutely appropriate that you tell us our heart is in it. We really want to hear this. And uh, so therefore, please tell us. So um, I think I'll stop here for now. Uh, we did several verses here. Um, and let me just see if there were very quickly, if there are any questions here on Facebook. Um, let's see, maybe not. Thank you all, by the way, for listening. It would uh, kind of be a little discouraging if I did this and no one showed up. But uh, so thank you all for showing up. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again next Sunday. Hare Krishna.